know Your ass better call somebody Research and development Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need Last week we put liquid paper on a bee And it died What? Did we just become best friends? Yup Can I tell you something though? You're getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Welcome back in, everybody. Another edition of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast coming at you right now. Episode 38. Holy shit 38 episodes we are so glad that you could join us for another one please make sure you rate and review the podcast it helps everybody out at destination debbie so much and there is so much good content top to bottom i don't even think there is a bottom at this place it's just everything is top it's all top shelf there's no bottom shelf there's no mid shelf it's all top shelf everybody's out there just getting the gray goose (laughs) We don't have other options. There's no Hawkeye vodka. There's no Smirnoff. There's no UV blue. It's just all Grey Goose. Everybody gets Grey Goose. But also, make sure that you're tapped into the newsletter. It is free. There is so much good stuff in the newsletter. It is ridiculous that Ray gives us away for free. But make sure that you're taking advantage of his generosity or stupidity, however you wanted to say it. Because there is so much good free content in there. It is down below in the description of the podcast. But without further ado, let me kick it over to my co-host, the better half of 4D, my buddy, my best friend, Adam. How we doing tonight, Adam? Week one is week two is in the books. Oh, I almost shorted ourselves two weeks of great say, football. But week, week two is week, in the books. Week How you three, feeling? I, I feel great. Week three starts Thursday. Um it's interesting, Mike, because you're correct in a way. Like, I mean, the off-brand vodka, bourbon, whiskey, whatever your choice is, right? Like, it's it's damn good. It's basically top shelf. That being said, let's get ready to talk the bottom shelf. And let's get ready to talk about what you need to do if you've decided that you just don't have, you know, the name brand to hang with the rest of your league and you need to rebuild and become one of these off brands that is going to pop in the future. So it's week two, week two over. We're heading into week three. Some of your dynasty teams may be 0-2. If you play against the median, maybe you're 0-4. MFL's got some weird victory point things that I don't understand, but I assume it's basically the same kind of concept, Adam. So it, it, it means you're bad. It means you're bad, right? We know that. Usually, usually it means it's not going to go out well for you. Generally, too, Adam, would you say in regards to lineup versus best in lineup, you can have bad luck. You pick the wrong players, that kind of stuff. If you've done a good job constructing your best ball rosters and you were a quote unquote contender, I don't think there's any way in hell you should be winless through the first two weeks. Correct. Would you agree? The only way is if you literally have gone up against two other contenders 
and they were the top scorers or the top two scorers of the week, right? Like your points yep. for here's the thing in best ball, right? Your points for versus points against. If you're zero and two, and you're a contender in best ball, they need to be indicative of it's fucking bad luck. If yeah. that's not <laughs> the case, if that is not the case, you need to hit the reset button, and I pray to God you haven't moved your twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five picks. You better be at least third or fourth in points four if you're holding <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If you're not top four in points four and your points against don't look crazy versus the rest, you're having a conversation with us today about what we need to do when it's time to rebuild, Michael. It's time well, to go the other way. It's time to go. Well, let's kick it off with something that is very pertinent to rebuilding, and that is injury discount massive amount of discount you can get on injured players and that being said we're going to talk about one guy that you and i love a lot of the fantasy community loved that's trey lance so if you've decided to hit the rebuild button adam are you going to go out and try to acquire trey lance if you can get this nice injury discount that we're talking about here yes um you know what's great we went from Lance and make him dance, Lance and make him dance, right? The the strip club video after, yeah, you know, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. not great week one, but like, okay, he's rushing, like, you know, bad, bad weather game. Like, okay, I like, I like what I'm seeing out of Trey Lance. He's going to get the, the arm thing going. And then week two, Mike, it, it's all taken from us immediately. Like early in the game, if you're watching it live like I was, you didn't maybe see it right away, but it didn't take you long to realize this looks like Dak's foot when his thing went the wrong way and we yeah. are probably looking at a bad injury and then we found out it was the season's over. So, so Mike, it's interesting you talk about best ball too because I, I have a best ball team that has Trey Lance. And it was honestly, in my opinion, the most indestructible team that I had. I, I still think it's a great team. But it's funny how in within two weeks, right? Like George Kittle has not played a game. George Kittle and Trey Lance, I, I had as a stack, right? I'm looking at literally great, <laughs> nothing from Trey Lance, and George Kittle hasn't played yet. And when he comes back, it's it's what we know with you know Jimmy G, right? And there's other players on this team that either are injured or have disappointed or still highest points four in the league still probably the best team but we're two weeks in Mike and I'm already looking at what kind of moves I need to make when I'm when mm-hmm. I when you if you look like if you would have looked at this team in best ball Mike before the season started you would have said to yourself you don't have to touch it it's on cruise like you just get your check at the end of the year like that's how good this team was we're having a conversation at week two Mike where I lost to someone by like four points. Well, let's also and, and, let's and, talk about the, the one thing though, Adam, that that you hit on the head though. Like you, you just kind of glossed over that fact. You've had two star players on your team be almost zeros, if right. not zeros, in the case of George Kittle. Right. And and where are you at in points for? Highest. Exactly. Right. That is the definition of a well-constructed basketball team. Correct. Where you I'm, can have those bad things. The difference is when you look at it, though, buddy, because you know and understand basketball, and something that we've been trying to get in people's minds, the dynasty degenerates out there, that if you construct a really good basketball team, you can absorb that. But you, on the other hand, are going like, 
I can make this better. Right. I, I know that Kittle, Kittle is underproduced. Fair. I know I'm out without Trey Lance. I need to ensure that this thing stays at the top for the entire season, and I have no hiccups whatsoever going through it because Cre- you want to secure that championship, right? Creme de la creme, homie. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I'm looking at the absolute 4D needle. So, so you're correct, right? Because if it wasn't well-constructed, and George Kittle, let's say, is your tight end one, right? And now all of a sudden Trey Lance is your quarterback too. In best ball, Mike, that's a blow that a lot of best ball teams that are not constructed correctly yes. can't overcome, which then begs the question, what do you do? And brings us to this point of how to rebuild when you're not ready. So, Mike, I think um, – I, I don't know what, what you're, where you're at, but when we talk about Trey Lance – I think there's – listen, overreaction season is so still real two weeks in. But but I will say with Trey Lance, like I understand why people want to move him, right? So so first and foremost, let's discuss Superflex and quarterbacks for a second. Th- this is what we've been preaching since before we started this podcast. The day one of starting this podcast, quarterbacks of 22 class, which egg on our face we were wrong on, but the point still stands – that super flex quarterbacks are so damn important. So yes. now we're looking at Trey Lance gone for the year, right? People were not just banking on him, Mike. There, there, there's a lot of teams that were banking on him as quarterback one. He, he is a yes. top 12 dynasty quarterback value before we saw him. So he's down, right? We're looking at a lot of players two weeks in that are out, missing time, injured, might miss the season, right? Like, it, it, this is where we're at, and it's only going to get worse. Attrition will only get worse. So, so I think the question, Mike, is this. What do you do with Trey Lance? Because on a contender, if you move him for a first, now you have to figure out what to do with that first. Yes. Because probably unless you're, like you said, you're, you're like Mike and I, or you're like some of the dynasty degenerates that listen here, and you're just absolutely loaded at quarterback, you now, you now have a hole to fill. Right, So if you have a hole to fill, how do you do that? If you're going to get a first and you tell me that's more valuable to move for a quarterback down the stretch, fine. But ultimately, the, the goal here is to replace Trey Lance with a lower-end value that keeps you competent as a contender. And if you can't do that, Mike, more to the point of the show, if you have to move to a rebuilder, I'm keeping Trey Lance, and I'm banking on there's a narrative that it's not going to bounce back with him because it's a he's a runner and he's built on the ground as far as his value and and he's not going to be 100% as soon as the year starts but mike we're talking about a young guy that San Francisco has three first round picks built in and and, and we're saying i want a late 23 first ahead of him like i'm not doing that I am not moving Trey Lance on any of my rebuilders outside of somebody giving me two firsts, which is never going to happen. Of course. I mean, yeah, yeah. Two firsts, we're, we're, or he's gone. Or giving gone. me Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence straight up or Tua Tungavailoa straight up. Well, right. Not happening. On, on a rebuild, right. Oh, correct. On but, a rebuild. Right. Also, the point that I need to make too, if like if I've decided I'm going to rebuild, like Adam, 
to, to be honest, I'm almost more beneficial instead of getting a Trevor Lawrence, a Tua, a Justin Fields, a Mac Jones, whatever, any of those guys in that range. It's almost better if I just keep Trey Lance, right? Because what's he not going to do for me this year? Score, Score points. points. The, the the only reason it would be beneficial for you to do that is if it's literally a one-to-one pivot, right? Because you're yes. de-risking the injury. You're getting the points, but you're de-risking the injury. But here's the thing. Like, we're we're talking about fantasy, but we don't live in a fantasy fucking land. We don't live in la-la land. Like, nobody's yeah. trading you Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, these guys straight up. And if they are, by all means, on a rebuilder, do that just for the, the injury de-risk. But, Mike, you know what's crazy, too, when I think about this? It's funny how... Like, I, I feel horrible for Trey Lance. And, and I had Trey Lance on a lot of my team. So, so don't take this as I'm making light of the situation. Like, I feel bad for the kid. I, I also, it was cringeworthy for me to see Jimmy G up there in a, in a, in a gold chain and a low-cut Gucci shirt acting like he cared about Trey Lance. And, like, that's my brother. When you, 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 He couldn't even hide the smirk on his face. Like, yeah, I, play, I played everybody. Like, I'm starting now on a team that could win when you guys were all telling me I'm going to, you know, start for some shitty team. But but when I think about this, Mike, like, it's funny how when the narrative was this, Trey Lance, right, when you think about this, Trey Lance is going to be the best quarterback of this class because we haven't seen him really, right? But he offers the rushing. It's the best group of weapons, and it's Shanahan. Now, it's a fluke injury, but what we saw in week one and why he got hurt pretty much in week two is Shanahan was going to abuse this man on power runs. And and it literally cost him a week two. His value was so different going into all this offseason than all those other guys. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. Those are the five quarterbacks, right? The one we hadn't saw, we were so sure is the safest asset. And I think when we talk about rebuilding too, Mike, this is such a thing to talk about with pick value that needs to be hammered home. Hammered home. Cam Akers last year. J.K. Dobbins last year. Travis Etienne last year. Trey Lance this year. I could go on and on and on. Everybody that thinks they have a youthful piece that is so damn sure of value is mistaken as fuck if you don't think that one play catastrophically a value like it, it it eliminates so much value one play one season ending injury for all those guys takes their current value and it, it completely erodes it i mean to, to catastrophic lengths man like that's not exaggerating and, and for I it it needs for, to be stated yeah. man. It needs to be stated for a time period a time period for a time period. Correct. I'm not, I'm not saying Trey Lance is yeah. dead. I'm just saying in the moment. Yeah. Like, we're so sure that Trey Lance is worth three first. I get you. 100%. 100%. Now, is he going to be worth three first again? Maybe, maybe not. But more than likely, probably I, not. I would lean no. Like, he, At least he, not for he the will have to build. He will have to, one, come back. And to show us all the glimmer of hopes that we saw from him. Or hope that he became. Yeah. For that to be the case, but but Mike, let let's ask this question. Not not in the next three hundred sixty five days. Oh no 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 no, <laughs> okay. that, that's not happening. <laughs> right, okay. but but let, let's say this though. What let let's talk about superflex quarterback for a second because 
Mike, I think it's important to admit that when he projects to be the starting quarterback for San Francisco again, why is he not worth two firsts? Correct. Correct. I, 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 I just ask. I mean, I know you're saying correct because you and I are on the same wavelength, but Dynasty Degenerates, I ask you the question because I looked at a poll that was damn near 80% say they won a 23 first with no pick number ahead of Trey Lance. And I ask you this because, listen, if your plan is to move the 23 first for more value, kudos to you. I won't fight you. But if you tell, if you're telling me, Mike, that the 112 next year is worth more than Trey Lance when we start up the 2023 season, I'm telling you, you're damn wrong. You're damn wrong. If I'm on a rebuilder, a current rebuilder, or about to rebuild, and I have any 23 first that I think is going to be mid to late, right, like 106 to 112 just laying around, you best believe I'm sending it out for every Trey Lance share I can get. Period, point blank, end of fucking story. Now, I've heard I've heard people talk about sell Trey Lance for any 23 or 24 first. I'm not doing it, and here's why. You, you touched on a few things here, Adam. First off, let me address some of the stuff we saw last year. We saw young running backs go down at a ridiculous rate. We saw J.K. Dobbins hit the floor. We saw Travis... ETN go down. We saw Cam Akers go down. Adam, Adiko's ADP for Cam Akers. At one point, he got up to the 41st player off the board. So we're talking, what's that? Uh, fourth round, pick five? Correct. Four, Give or take? Yeah, he, he topped out, I think, at 404, 405. Okay. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, right? What, the, the last probably month August, September of J.K. Dobbins and startup-wise wasn't good. Like, people were really starting to shit the bed. And, oh, panic on J.K. And, and sure. me included, right? We did an sure. AMA where I was like, I'm starting to shit my pants about holding J.K. Dobbins, right? But before that, Adam, J.K. Dobbins, he got up to the 40th, 40.5 in yeah. ADP. So a yeah. little ahead of Cam Akers. Yeah, it, it, right? it seems like forever ago now, but we're talking probably four months ago yep. that he was – he was valued ahead of Cam Akers because there was a narrative. What's funny is Cam Akers, who came back early and looked bad, were like going to punish him where with Dobbins coming off a multi-ligament injury, like we haven't seen it, so he's going to be fine. Travis Etienne got up to the 37 and a half. <laughs> 37 and a half. But you know what? You know what I, I, with Travis Etienne, we need to say this too quickly because this isn't the primary discussion, but what's crazy about his – value ascension in startups is it was also like he got injured it fell and then his value ascension was baked into another injury which turned out to be like false hope right like we assume James Robinson's dead and it turns out that a new regime new coaching staff decides now James Robinson can play yep what do you think happens with Trey Lance going into June, July, August next year. Okay. Jimmy's moved on. Yeah, yeah. All the reports about Trey Lance is he's good to go. He's actually participating, going to participate in training camp. Um, coming back, you know, kind of like the Dak Prescott thing, right? Yeah. Coming back, maybe on a pitch count, whatever the case may be. But Trey Lance is a starting quarterback. Do you think he's going anywhere past like the fourth round in startups? I, At all? I, I don't see how. Like I, I. I I mean, there is the fact that he 
it was an ankle, and he's a running yep. quarterback. I, I, I won't like act like that's not a thing. But l- l- let's say this, right? And there's also this: he hasn't, he's not going to have played real football in three weeks or three years. And th- th- there's a lot of things that the, the negative right now says. But but let, let, let's be honest, right? We hyped up Anthony Richardson, and I'm not saying he's not a great prospect, but we're we're seeing quickly that he he's got a lot of flaws that yes. make him not a like when we're talking about next year NFL starters. Like e- yeah. even if Anthony Richardson corrects it, right? Like he, he's looking more on that upside project player than he is like day one starter. And that's if he declares early. He's more on the uh, the Trey Lance career path than people want to admit. I, I, I would say <laughs> I would say that's being rose colored glasses because you're, you're you're telling me like Trey Lance, it's not at the same level of football, but he he threw the ball pretty well at times. Like he he dominated his competition, that, albeit that, lower, th- albeit th- lower. Thank you for being you know me not being the troll that uh, really leans into it. <laughs> Point is though, Mike, you know Anthony Richardson is probably not a starter from this twenty-three class, right? And, and right will, off the jump, yeah, and, yeah like right and, off the jump. And yeah. Will Levis is at this point not showing me that he is a. I'm not going to say he's not going to get drafted. I'm not going to say he's not a, a, a starter in the NFL, but he doesn't look like a day one starter right now. Yeah. So like you're talking right about the, the twenty-three class, probably has Bryce Young, and and, and of course. Uh, why can't I think of the name? Um, <laughs> You're just being an asshole. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But the point is, you got you got two fucking starters, man. You got two starters in this class, guaranteed, right? Yes. Am I am I wrong or am I not? You are 100 percent right. Now, now we're we're waiting on the third, possibly, maybe. I, I'm maybe not saying not. it won't come, Mike. Yeah. Yep. But 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 the point is, two two quarterbacks in the 23 class are like. If it all breaks right, they 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 start week one. Yes. So yeah. you're looking at the same damn field plus two. Now, granted, there won't be the same rose colored glasses with with Trey Lance, but you're telling me he falls out of the top four rounds? It's a quarterback yeah. in superflex. What you said earlier about those running backs, like it's it's real, and the running back value is. I, I, you and I are still in on running backs, but we've seen a big narrative shift and values in what they're believed as far as these running backs go quarterbacks. That's not going to happen ever because of how ridiculously scarce that position is. I bring it up to say too, like even if you have all these concerns about Trey Lance and and you mentioned the, the three years without real football and you know, we've never really seen it, that kind of stuff. There's going to be a sell window where you're going to sell for more than what you're going to acquire today out the door, period. It's going to happen. And that's why I listed off Cam Akers and Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins just to show you that even if you didn't like Cam Akers and you didn't like Travis Etienne and you didn't like J.K. Dobbins, Adam, last year when everybody, including us, was telling you, sell them for any first that you can get. There was a good stretch of time in the offseason here when we had nothing to talk about and doing nothing but startup drafts and doing nothing but trades, all the contents going out about it, where you could have cashed out. You, you had nothing but good reports on these guys. You had like, oh, J.K. Dobbins is ahead of schedule, possibly, or Cam Akers looks good, or 
Travis Etienne. How's he going to be with Doug Peterson instead of fucking Urban Meyer? There was a good chunk of months where you could have cashed out and turned a profit even if you didn't believe in him. Why not Trey Lance? Why not? A young, mobile, Konami code quarterback who's kind of this black box prospect because we haven't really seen it at the NFL level yet, even though there's some concerns about it. But you hit on the other point. He's a quarterback, Adam. It's super flexed. Those values always get inflated right or wrong. You have the concerns about possibly the depth of the 23 class and the quarterbacks coming in. I'm willing to go out on a limb, and this is why I pounded the table for Antonio Gibson over a late 23 first, was the fact that at this time next year, Antonio Gibson was probably going to go about the same range, if not a little bit higher than whoever it was selected in those slots for the late 23 class. It's just the way startups seem to work every single year. Now, the top guys, Bijan, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, those guys, right, they're going to go higher than what we saw in the 22 class. Right? People are going to be hyping them up, and I get it. But the back-end guys, Adam, you and I do, it feels like a million mock drafts with our guy Dynasty Barry. Check him out. Everything that he does, he posts I, a lot of content in the newsletter. I, I don't know how many it is because every single day I'm in one and every single day I'm getting tagged like make a pick. And I look and I'm making picks and they shift. They shift all the time. But we do yep. know that there's a lot of guys in that back range of 23 first, which I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, Mike. I, I love still guys in yes. the back end of 23 first. I, I like guys Mike it, late 23 or I'm sorry uh you know late 23 second picks hell there's guys in the 23 third round that I like but we're a long way from knowing what the hell's going to happen with draft capital and the rest of their seasons and all this but I, I'm this is not to devalue the 23 class this is more to say like the quarterbacks Mike like when we get to the back half right like when we get to the back half of the first even mid second we're talking about really four quarterbacks we see come off the board. And two of which we're admitting don't play week one, probably, unless something drastically changes. The, the thing is, too, like the, the reason I brought it up, Adam, is you and I pick all over these mock drafts all the time. And like you mentioned, it, it's, it changes from week to week. Sometimes it feels like everybody in the 23 class has a great week and in. Every pick that you make, you're like, man, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. But if we just look at some of the ones that have gone down recently, like I, I know for me, like I, I picked in the back half of the draft sometimes and I'm going like, oh, man. And if I just put it in perspective, you know, if I think next year, June, July, Trey Lance is good to go. He's going to be the starter. Like we don't think it's going to affect him into the season. He's not going to start on the pup. If I think about Trey Lance as a young Konami coach starting quarterback in the NFL, and then I compare him even to some of the names that are going in the back half of this draft, right? The the Quinton Johnston, the uh, the Tank Bigsby, the EJ Smith, uh, Jordan Addison, Devin A. Chain, Michael Mayer, right? Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I factor in the fact that I'm literally talking about let's let's cut past the bullshit about how you feel about Trey Lance, a young Konami code starting quarterback in super flex drafts i'm going there is absolutely no way that these dudes back here 
who we don't know and haven't seen play an NFL game and don't know situation and don't know how teams are going to use them and whether or not they're going to be the next Jalen Rager or whether or not they're going to be this guy who busted or whether or not they're going to be this dude who busted. There is no way you're going to tell me with positional scarcity that Trey Lance won't be drafted ahead of him or be more valuable at the time. And that's not even factoring what I mentioned, what the rest of the community is going to value him at. And if you don't, if, if you want to make that bet, you want to make that bet on the 111 or the 112 in 2023 over Trey Lance, you have the opportunity to cash that out for months, for months on Trey Lance if you really want to. So, so, so l- l- let me hit something real quick though, because you know we we title our podcast, we title the trade show, you know the 40 Chess Dynasty Trade Show, right? The 40 Chess Podcast. Yes. I, I think, Mike, I'm going to be honest here. This is not directed at a single person. This is talking to you and myself. This is talking to everybody listening to this. This is talking to anybody that is willing to listen to me talk right now. Because because here, I think, is something we have to be cognizant of and careful of. There is such a thing right now. And, and I've noticed this for at least a year. There's a, I'm not going to call it overreaction, like overreaction week one, week two to the NFL stuff that happens on the field because a lot of that stuff is dumb. Like that's just silly shit, right? Like Devontae Smith's dead because he didn't catch a pass week one, right? Like like Cam Akers is completely dead because he got three touches, right? Like that. Uh, some of that's overreaction, right? But what I'm talking about more is there is a, Dynasty Degenerate, sometimes I think we are so damn tapped in, so damn tapped in that we don't realize that like we want to be so first to the punch that sometimes like you need to have a little bit more thought out forward thought on what might happen down the road as opposed to just today. Like, yes, Trey Lance took a massive, massive value hit. Nobody, Mike and myself, I don't care who you listen to. If, if, if they tell you that Trey Lance didn't take a massive value hit, they're lying straight to your face. I'm not sitting here telling you Trey Lance did not take a massive value hit. But I think that we have to be real about, like, it's cool right now to trade away Trey Lance and get something that makes sense. On a contender for me, Mike, on a contender for me, that's a quarterback. Yeah. Right? And I think we yeah. need to be careful about what we're trading him for. And we're talking about rebuilding right now, right? Like this whole show is supposed to be rebuilding. But the point is, on a contender, I need a quarterback. Like if you can tell me that, like I saw a trade today. Like Scott made a trade. He got Derek Carr back. Bro, if you can get Derek Carr back, even if you have to grease him with some thirds, yes, absolutely. Absolutely 100 million percent. Scott Connor is smart. He's going to make the move for Derek Carr. I will. That is a savvy ass move. But if you're telling me, that on a contender or rebuilder that you think a late 23 first is worth more than Trey Lance, I think that's where I have more of a conviction and telling you that you're jumping the gun on just trying to move off of this asset because it doesn't look good today. I think to summarize for me, so we can move on because it just became too much Trey Lance, but it's a good conversation to have about him. Not only Trey Lance, but if it happens to another star player, which we'll probably, unfortunately, we don't wish it on anybody, but we'll probably see another star go down at some point during the season 
and be lost for the year. But if you're on a rebuilder, man, like keep these things in mind. Where would they be at next year? And realistically, you know, put the bullshit aside. What's the cost now? Everybody wants to jump on, sell them for this and sell them for that. And, you know, take any first and that kind of thing. Would they be worth more than a first in June, July, August next year? And then compare it and do the best that you can. For Trey Lance, for me, the 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 bow on it is if I'm on a rebuilder and I have a late 23 first, I'm sending it away for Trey Lance right now, today. He doesn't score me points. He helps me tank even more. And I know at some point, even if I don't like Trey Lance next year and I, I'm, I'm worried about it, there's going to be a nice sell window where I might get an extra second on top back. I might have to pivot to the 24 class, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a plus on, and I'm gonna get a good plus. And when I'm talking about best ball leagues rebuilding, Adam, getting that extra plus and getting that second or getting those extra pieces is massive, massive to your ability to build a contender sooner rather than later. So, right back to the 100%. overall point. Back to the overall point of rebuilding, Adam. When you rebuild specifically a best ball league. We kind of talked about it in the past where I'm really shooting my shot on guys who I don't think are going to score a shit ton of points and and screw up my draft position, but still have some value down the road. This is what makes waivers so hard for me on my rebuilding best ball teams every single week early in the season because there's dudes like Richie James floating out there that I have absolutely zero interest in because Richie James is going to be a hard flip for me anytime. Like it's going to be, if he's sitting on waivers, that means everybody in the league who's a contender looked at him and was like, nah, I just can't cut this dude for this. I can't pick up Richie James. True. I don't want to pick him up and have him score points on my team and enter my lineup and maybe luck me into a win because I don't want to sacrifice my draft position. So the guys, the, the reason it becomes so tough is because the guys I'm ideally looking for is like the, the Pierre Strongs. Right. Right. He, he's a good example. The Pierre Strongs, the uh, Deion Jacksons, the uh, the Jordan Masons of the world. Those kind of guys where, hey, Jordan Mason might actually start for San Francisco this week. Boom. Let's see if I can get a third. <laughs> Let's see if Kevin I can Harris. get a couple fourths. Kevin Harris, right? Most of the time. Guys that do- won't project for a lot of touches, yes. but that you're hoping. It, it, a lot of times it's similar in lineup, though. Like the rebuild side, a lot of times is more like the lineup side where I want these guys that probably week in and week out are not worth shit. But when it breaks right, Jordan Mason, let's talk about Jordan Mason for a second. All of a sudden, Elijah Mitchell's hurt. It's shocking that San Francisco running backs get hurt, Mike, right? Like, yes, that never happens year in and year out. So now all of a sudden, Mitchell's hurt. TDP's hurt. Mitchell's out for, gosh, what? Five to six more weeks. TDP has a high ankle sprain. I mean, I don't even care what week he comes back. He's probably back too soon. So you're looking at two guys in this backfield. All of a sudden, Jordan Mason is a Jeff Wilson injury away from, holy shit, buddy, I'll flip him to a lot of people, right? So so that that's more the mindset with the rebuilding is – I want guys on my bench, especially when we get deep down, right? Like when we're talking here, this is, these are deep down stashes. I want guys that more than likely score me zeros for the approach of, I don't want to win, but when it breaks, right? If it breaks, right, probably more, if it breaks, right, 
Now all of a sudden I'm trading for a piece or multiple pieces, especially in best ball that now I, I, I have, I, I basically, I can liquidize that asset again for more shots at the dartboard and higher up probably than they were worth when I picked them up. Another thing about rebuilding that I really enjoy, Adam, is you know you we kind of get the uh, sometimes we get uh, we get chided, right? We we get we kind of feel the jabs from the community at times, and and it's fine. I have a great time with the community. All the guys at Destination Devi, the Heisman, bad takes that I have always come back to haunt me, right? You? Well, <laughs> yes, I always do, always do, <laughs> but. One of the things that I really love is, all right, so let's take a guy like uh, Damian Pierce because that was one that popped up a few weeks ago, right? And and before that, great, it was... Great one to talk about. Was sell Damian Pierce for any 23 second. And then things happened and all of a sudden the price became a 23 first and you and I were both on the bandwagon. Like, if you can get a 23 first, holy hell, like run away with that thing. But I was also one of those, like when the hype started... If I spent like a third round pick on Damian Pierce or a late 22 second, which was a horrible gross class, and and I thought maybe 23, 24 is going to be a better class, I'm definitely okay on the rebuilders, Adam, just taking profit wherever I can get it, even if it's not maximum value. Right, it doesn't have to be the two seconds for Damian first. It doesn't well, have to be. Well, you the know what though? First. This is a really good one to talk about. I'm glad you brought this up because he he's such now this. Um, we talked about him for weeks, but now it's like you know, in the closet. We we he he's you know lights off. Like we don't talk about the Damian Pierce thing. Although he he did look better in week two. Yes. This is where I think, Mike, it's actually a good, good conversation because in best ball and lineup, what I'm doing there is probably different, right? Like, I, I would say in a short lineup league, if you wanted to hold for a first because of the current market, I'm not going to do it. But I would understand, like you're saying, I'm I'm shooting for these upside pieces I want to press the button on. Yeah. So I get it. But in lineup, like that is the perfect example of where I'll take the devalued two seconds, quote unquote, right? Because guess what? Now I'm I'm giving you what's supposedly a better trade, and I'm getting two assets. So not mm-hmm. only am I devaluing, like I'm de-risking the whole thing with Damian Pierce if he doesn't hit, but I'm multiplying assets. Like that that's where best ball and lineup what I'm doing with Damian Pierce on a rebuilder is so different. I'm not saying I wouldn't take two seconds in lineup, but in best ball, two seconds rings so much different. Think about like right after roster cutdown, where Damian Pierce was and where some of these other guys that we had a lot of love for. There was a good opportunity there in, in best ball leagues for my rebuilding teams where you could sell Damian Pierce, get a second, and a dude like – I mean, we just talked about Jordan Mason, but let's go to somebody else who hasn't hit yet, who who may down the road or may not. It doesn't really matter to me. But these are the kind of moves I'm making is a guy like uh, Kevin Harris, right? Like if I can get a second and a a dart like Kevin Harris, and then if Kevin Harris does anything and has like a Jordan Mason potential, we, we haven't even seen Mason do anything, right? This is all just conjecture and hearsay and speculation about what may happen, but Say, uh, you know, Ramondre 
is dealing with an injury and Damian Harris goes down and they're like, Hey, we're, uh, we're bringing up, you know, Kevin Harris is coming up, right? <laughs> He's going to be, Oh, sh- yeah, I loved him pre-draft process. He might do something. <laughs> Kevin Harris. Now I get a third. I'm very comfortable selling a guy like Damian Pierce, who I don't think has this ridiculous, you know, you know, he didn't have the the greatest draft capital and, you know, he doesn't have the greatest talent profile. Um, as far as like analytics and all that stuff goes, Adam. So like if I can just cash out at a second and a third, say I move a Kevin Harris for a third, I'm more than comfortable doing that, especially in a best ball league where I'm just trying to stack as many possible assets as I can and as many possible pieces for the future. Those thirds, those seconds, like those turn into sometimes some really good players on your best ball team. And if they're not, they're turds. Well, when you become a contender, those are the guys that you just cast aside anyways and become the roster churners at the bottom of your rosters where you're dropping them for, you know, a Jeff Swain. You're dropping them for, you know, oh, fuck, O.J. Howard might do something this week. And then all of a sudden in week one, he scores two touchdowns. And you're like, boom, entered my lineup. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a tight end that was actually above replacement. Congratulations to me. I nailed it. But those are the kind of guys where I'm willing to – Generally in lineup, like we think about filling lineup leagues, Adam, where you have those those second rounders, those late second rounders, those third round picks, those fourth round picks, where you go like, Ugh. you know, Scott and Eric had talked about it before, like wins over replacement for draft draft picks, right? Those guys generally don't mean much, and you're usually not hitting much on them in lineup where you're, you're getting true difference makers. In best ball, it's a completely different story where – these dudes only have to hit for like one week to pay off for you, right? They only need to have where they fall in the end zone twice. And you're like, hey, thanks for helping me get the W this week. Help, thanks for helping me fill that that third flex spot or uh, well, fill in my wide receiver three position or whatever it may be. Or, or you know, my tight ends didn't do shit, so I'm glad O.J. Howard scored two touchdowns so my dude, tight end position doesn't look so bad. I, I'm glad you brought this up because, you know what, man, th- this is I, – I wish we would have started earlier before all the Trey Lance uh, – we went ham on Trey Lance, but let, <laughs> sure let, did. let's let's discuss for at least the finish of this, like how important construction and thought process for best ball is. And let, let me give you, Mike, a couple reasons and, and actual data points that tell you how this works. OK, so let, let, let's think about last year. Right. The guys we mentioned at running back, you 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 before the season started. If you're rebuilding ahead of time and you picked your direction, you can buy Travis Etienne. You can buy J.K. Dobbins. You can buy Cam Akers. Now, you're probably listening to this saying, for what? I hate all those guys. Okay. <laughs> but what the fuck did you buy him for? Right? Like, stop yeah. stop acting like I spent top dollar. I got Cam Akers at a ninth round startup pick if I bought him correctly. Right? And the whole process here is on rebuilding – it's the same in lineup in best ball, but with a big caveat. How are you acquiring pieces and why? So, Mike, let's be honest, right? If you're in lineup league, I'm not going to tell you third rounders don't have value because third rounders absolutely have value. And if you're coming up on a 23 class, you could be looking at a couple gems in this third round. But most people are going to value them as a dart throw. And that's really what they are. So in lineup... There's a devalue of, I got to do my homework, right? Like the diligent side of, of yeah. the 4D. I got to do my homework 
And then I got to do the drafting side. I got to draft them correctly. Like you're, you're talking about half of the 4D on a, on, a, on a value today that means nothing, right? On lineup. And, and then once you do both the diligence and the drafting, you need him now to be one of the nine people you press the start button on. It's a big difference because, Mike, when we talk about best ball, think about this for a second, okay? I'll give you a perfect example. We're, th- we're recording this on Tuesday. You won't, uh, Tuesday, September 20th. You will not hear this until what, Friday? Yep. So we're, it's, it's a little bit of delay. You'll, you'll see the Thursday night game. But what we saw, Mike, was the Eagles and Vikings. That was the last game on Monday. And, and I really want to bring this to the forefront for the best ball conversation because a, a guy that's rostered, Mike, in 36% of leagues in sleeper, his name is Quez Watkins. Mm. Week one, zero points, nothing, a complete zero burger. So when we think about lineup, right, Quez Watkins is someone you don't even want. Like, what is the point of Quez Watkins in lineup? Yeah. May- maybe, maybe you have him as a deep spot on your bench. But as you, if you listen to, you know, America's game. Right, we're talking about a roster clogger. It's a prime example of how different best ball and lineup are because Mike. Now all of a sudden, this guy that is supposedly a zero gives me twenty-one points in week two. And Mike, if he does that twice for me, he has given me all that I want out of my thirty-fourth spot in best ball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you think about that, I, and I mean, this is probably me being dramatic, and I won't lie to you. Like, that's what I like to do. But your 34 spot, you, you get a third-round pick thrown in. In lineup, Mike, now you got to figure out what you're going to do. Are you going to take the pick? Or are you going to draft it? Best ball? Like, give me whatever the fuck the third-round pick is, and you can move it. For Quez Watkins, at what point does Quez Watkins cost you anything? Uh, Adam knows best because Adam and I played in uh, OG Bomb Squad 1, the, the old school one. And was it Sunday I dropped Kenny Galladay? And who did I pick up off free agency that day? Quez Watkins. <laughs> Quez Watkins. It, it, it does happen to be the guy that burned the entire OG Bomb Squad individually, Quez Watkins. But it's true today. It, it what's is. funny, Mike, is you're talking about an offense – it's so funny about best ball and lineup because think about this, Mike. After week one, we're talking about Devontae Smith. Like, Mike, I'm reading different discords, Twitter spaces, right? Yeah. Schmitty is dead. The Slim Reaper is actually dead. Like, there's now no one inside the cape. He's actually dead. It Quez is Watkins a- is the third guy that no one <laughs> even talks about, gives you 21 in best ball. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I'm thinking about, too, when you talked about, uh, I mean, we, we spent so much time on Trey Lance, but also to tie it in with uh, with the best ball thing here is, say you buy those injured running backs, right? All of them last year. In a best ball league, Adam, you had all three of those dudes. At one point during the offseason, like, let, let's start with Cam Akers. In a best ball league, you could have traded Cam Akers for a David Montgomery and a plus. And, and that plus could have been, even better than Quez Watkins. It could have been a Jacoby Myers or a Tyler Boyd or Alan Lazard, right? And nobody thinks twice about that. Mike, Mike, so you d- 
you do one, right? You you trade you trade away Cam Akers for that. Correct. Then you go to J.K. Dobbins and you trade him away for Leonard Fournette and a plus. Right? Could have been the other one. Like if you didn't get Jacoby Myers, maybe this dude's got Tyler Boyd. So now you're rocking four players for two. And then you go to your third one, you go to Travis Etienne, and when his hit it, you could have traded him away for Miles Sanders, and maybe you wanted another tight end, like a, a Dalton Schultz or a Pat Fryermuth or a Dawson Knox or a Cole Komet or Albert O or whoever the fuck it may, may be. My, my, right? But you've taken three assets, you've turned them into six correct. in best ball, correct. and you've gone from last year, all I'm doing is just buying up injured players and just hoarding assets, and now when the time is right, now I'm going to make my push and – it's not the sexiest, right? Nobody looks at Montgomery and Sanders and Fournette and you know Josh Jacobs and these kind of running backs, plus all those pluses I mentioned, and and, and thinks they're phenomenal. But you get you get a roster top to bottom where you don't have to worry about the Quez Watkins, you don't have to worry about the Tra- or the uh, Naheem Hines, you don't have to worry about the uh, Paris Campbell or Mike Strons, right? You actually have legitimate assets that are threats for double-digit points every single week and then plus some. Some of them may pop to 20 or 30 points in a given week. You go from three to six, and your roster, however many roster spots you have top to bottom is loaded. We did an entire show on this. That almost guarantees you a championship, right? You don't have the, the crazy high ceiling. But you have a ridiculously high floor that everyone has to match every single week, and that doesn't even factor in the the opportunity of those guys having spike weeks or of those guys having pop weeks. Where, I mean, fucking a man, Tua went off for damn near sixty in just about every league scoring format I have, and and some of them even more based on the the actual scoring settings, it, right, Adam? Like Mike, that's a weak winner from from a fifth round fucking startup quarterback. Mike, and, and let's be real, last there was some there was a person that is sharp that tr- that teared up to get a quarterback that scored less than Tua and got yeah. an additional quarterback in a fourteen team league recently. Yeah. Mike Mike, you know what's crazy too is okay, so like when you talk about that, right? Cam Akers, even this is something, and I think this is really important to discuss, because if you listen to this podcast, there's probably a piece of you that really appeals to our talk of value and uh, devaluing names, right? So let's say you hate Cam Akers. Let's say you hate Travis Etienne. Let's say you hate J.K. Dobbins, but you acquire them at damn near bottom dollar when they get hurt initially. Right, this is the injury cheat code of best ball or lineup, right? But you you acquire them at bottom dollar. Cam Akers, Mike, when you saw him run over Buda Baker in his first real snap share, yeah, like you hate him, like you you do not like Cam Akers, but you said he went from a second round to a ninth, tenth round startup pick. Whatever value, I'm just take it. You now can cash out at a fifth, fourth, right? Just on way before the season even starts way before it's cam makers egg on everybody's cam makers face right you you could have done the same thing with etn and dobbins that, that that doesn't even get into mike the the fact of what's great about rebuilding is the guys that don't even miss the full year right like russ last year right so so mike let me give you an example of a not a home league right where somebody needs quarterback and Russell Wilson is their QB two, 
And their QB3, Mike, doesn't exist because they don't like basketball. They've never done basketball, right? So now all of a sudden, they need to get one. So what do we do? Ryan Tannehill, before it got really gross, that Ryan Tannehill's trash now. Straight up for Russ. Straight up. Right? That happened last year on a, on a league that's not a home league. Okay, let me give you another one. A.J. Brown. Th- these are guys that were short-term IR guys, Mike. A.J. Brown catches short-term IR as the playoffs happen. Right? As a rebuilder, you don't care about the playoffs. Mike, I, I pivoted off of Terry McLaurin for A.J. Brown in a plus, like a third. Mm-hmm. Just to cuck him. Right? Like, mm. you, you, no, nobody else is going to give you a piece back that's legitimate. Right? Because everybody else thinks they're going to make the playoffs too. So here, here's Terry McLaurin, but I need your third back too. And when you talk about best ball, Mike, you're talking about a dart there. Plus I'm yes. getting a better asset, right? So yes. like th- these are little nuances of just injuries that picking a direction. See, see he- here's the difference too, Mike. When you talk about picking a direction and rebuilding, if I'm, if I haven't picked my direction, if I have AJ Brown and he gets hurt, I'm screwed. If I've picked yeah. rebuilding, I'm not screwed. I can go find the AJ Brown, and if he's re- and if I'm rebuilding, I'm not screwed. I just I I lose some value that no one wants to buy. It's it's huge. Just giving you that peace of mind, right? <laughs> hey, I've already figured it out. I right. shit happens. Wasn't gonna be my year anyways. <laughs> like, I'm good. Like I just sit on these guys, and, and there's no reason for me to move off of them at this discounted rate. Absolutely none. None at all. Nobody's going to give me what they should actually be worth for me to move off of them. And what you just hit, like you just get to go out and you get to buy the the Travis Etienne's and the Cam Akers and the Trey Lance's and the J.K. Dobbins and insert whatever injury or value dump or whoever people are dunking on the community is. Now, I do kind of have like a little bit of a cutoff for me age-wise. I'm not going out. I'm not going out and like actively pursuing like a Chris Godwin. Okay. Like I'm looking at guys who have that, that, that insulation, whether it be by age, position, positional scarcity, that kind of stuff, or what we've seen in the past, that kind of thing. I usually just try to keep it within a certain way. Now, quarterbacks, I'll go a little bit out like, um, you know, say like Russ. Russ had a season ender. I'd still go acquire Russ because I believe he has another few years, but these older wide receivers or these older running backs, not so much, (laughs) not so much. Like, like Saquon, if Saquon had another bad injury, Adam, like I'm on a rebuilder, I'm not like actively going out and trying to acquire Saquon because I don't (laughs) know where his value is going to be next year. I don't true with him, with him being on the older side, like, you can see the the value cliff coming a little bit closer. But for these young guys, these young running backs, these young wide receivers, these young tight ends, 100%. 100%. Now, I, I well, do get hesitant as they do get older. Like Saquon's sure. a, a perfect example where, you know, we've seen injuries in the past. Or if Christian McCaffrey would be another good one, right? We, we've had multiple years of injuries. And if he had another one and he missed time, like I don't know if his value ever recovers the way like a, a Travis Etienne or a Cam Akers or a J.K. Dobbins does just because people would be like, well, he's this old, and we've seen injuries for multiple years. It's probably over for right. him. It's, it, it's done. 
as a rebuilder, you at that point you'd have to acquire him at the cost of you think this is bottom dollar because he's he has to play like he's not a flip yeah. anymore, right? So yeah. so so I think that's a good good segue into the last piece I want to get into. Um, not not saying we don't have anything more for you to discuss too. Is okay. So, so so let's talk about something that's happening in lineups, right? So we're talking about the injuries, the Trey Lance, last year's injury by windows. L- let's talk about the here and now because it's it's so funny to me, Mike. On draft day, I, I was told we can't even discuss, can't even discuss Jahan Dotson. Like I I don't want to <laughs> yeah. hear it. It's gross. I don't like it. I don't want to hear anything that has to do with Jahan Dotson because A.J. Brown had just been traded to the Eagles. Now, granted, A.J. Brown looks fucking like a beast. But Jahan Dotson was, Mike, somebody consistently, ADP proved consistency in the second round. Yeah. Today, what's funny is people drafted consistently ahead of him. George Pickens. The, the 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 training camp warrior, the training camp hype god, right? Sky Moore hasn't. I mean, how many offensive snaps has Sky Moore even seen two weeks in? <laughs> he does a lot of punt returns, right? That's about all I got for you, <laughs> right? I mean, so 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 right then and there, like I I don't have to go all the way through the entire class to give you like I'm giving you two guys guaranteed ahead of John Dotson that right now you could not flip probably on a contender one for one mm-hmm. right so so to go back to the rebuilding mindset people that mike i i i with every piece of my being i can promise you that people drafted sky Moore to be the god of that entire team and yeah. two weeks in are panicked like sky Moore doesn't even play ahead of juju mvs anybody so, so as a rebuilder now you can say okay Sky Moore, the first round pick that everybody swore was was awesome. Like I might be able to flip an Alan Lazard type or a Pless to get Sky Moore, right? Because you yeah. don't have to worry about Sky Moore being on punt return for the ha- the whole season if it mattered, right? You don't give a shit. <laughs> you I, don't give a I shit. I prefer he be on fucking punt return all year. It'd be great, right? Great. Like, Andy, when Reed, I want you to keep it. him on punt return the whole season. When I'm completely out of it by like week nine, week ten, then then Sky Moore has permission to go the fuck off. Right. And then I'm gonna once, once Sky I've Moore. secured once one oh one Bichon is secured, Sky Moore go to go to town. Go to town. Two hundred yard games left and right. And then I'm gonna sell you. I'm gonna sell you. I'm gonna tear you down. <laughs> I'm dying. And so is the dance that we do. But you know, you brought up Jahan Dotson. You know I like to keep receipts on Twitter. Like that's my my personal hobby. I like you to bookmark things. No way. Everybody else keeps my receipts, so I just figured I should keep everybody else's receipts. But the Jahan Dotson thing, you just brought it up. It just I was like, I know I got one in here somewhere. And uh there's a guy who put in there, I'm about to leave with zero shares of Jahan Dotson and all my rookie drafts, and I'm honestly I'm very happy about that. Wonder how he feels today. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Adam, to put a summary on it, for those of you out there, especially in best ball leagues, you can take some of this away for lineups, but there are some subtle differences. In best ball, I want asset multiplication. Hasn't changed on my rebuilding teams. And injury discounts, underperforming rookies. Go out and fucking buy them. 
don't get too caught up in the 23 picks 23 picks like if they're yeah. late come on might like at least be a little bit realistic and let me put a quick little bow like if you are in a league that has more of the lineup dynamics and you really just haven't seen or don't believe i i would tell you mike i've seen you do it once for sure not saying you can't do it more but i've seen at least one that's played out this way i know i have two to three teams right now that are right there where okay so, so essentially what you do with a 4d mindset right if you keep doing this for best ball this is best ball specific you keep doing this multiplication asset right and you buy injured players. You buy all, all as much as you can on the down window and try to sell as it's close to the top window, right? You, now, granted, you're going to miss. Like, no one's telling you you're going to bet 100% here, okay? Yeah. Mike, me, me and you both, let's admit nobody bets 100% as far as value plays, okay? Nope, but, not even close. Right. But the point is you keep doing this over and over. What eventually will happen and I can tell you from at least two and probably three of my teams is you get to the point where you keep applying this method. And by the time everybody has caught up to what you've done, you now put yourself in this position, Mike, like you talked about earlier, where like you're looking at 10 to 12 to 15 guys on your bench that are looking at projected like nine points plus, right? So now your depth overwhelms everybody. And what happens is that overwhelmth forces everybody to think about what they're doing and what they haven't done ultimately. And what it puts you in the position to do is actually up tier when everybody else is thinking I have to down tier and do it at a complete discount because I'm so shallow that now you literally have the ability to up tier cheap and ultimately, because it's best ball, you now are de-risked. Like, you could lose seven guys on a roster like that and still be top two, top three, maybe even the best team in the league if you do it correctly. So I, I think I wanted to at least bring that final summary to you is that you may not like hearing – you know, I, I, this receiver that looks great right now, like I want to take two seconds for him. Okay, fine. Based on one deal, if you feel that way, go ahead. But I promise you, in best ball, if you do that over and over and over again, you will put yourself in a position that it doesn't matter what you do with the picks, how you utilize the picks, whether you draft them, trade them, you will have so many more assets than the majority of your team in your league that you will now force everybody's hand to think about why is this dude's team so damn deep and I'm shallow, they're going to want a down tier and you're sitting on all the assets. That ultimately, is, it's, it's almost like a mini checkmate in best ball because you can't be played because you can't put bad lineup decisions in. So I, I, I know that's probably the extreme version, but if you constantly do the down tier in best ball and you get more assets – you'll position yourself for that type of success. Huge. Keep that in mind for your rebuilders, especially your best ball teams. Those are absolutely massive to keep that in mind. It's kind of like the old saying goes, Adam, a little bit. Uh, in baseball, if you you get a hit three out of ten times, you end up in the Hall of Fame. Well, for best ball dynasty leagues, if you do it right about six out of ten times, you're going to end up winning championships in a lot of them. 
Like, you don't you, need to hit a hundred percent, but just hit sixty percent, you'll be just fine. You, you may you may be walking into money and money and money, right? Like you just walk oh. into it. You know, you know, both of us, we have a lot of contenders in best ball, and and a few of them we're in the same league, and it's going to be fun to see which one of us can pull it out. Like we both have very similar built deep best ball teams, and it's like, oh shit, we're both going. For it's can, not it's not like last year at this time when mike tried no. to convince me that i had a better studs and duds approach you know oh yeah you, oh yeah no this team can absolutely win it's it's gonna be interesting because i see these weekly reports and we're both getting w's and we're both top scoring teams and we kind of go back and forth and i'm like man i i honestly don't know who's gonna best ball this one the best but we're also in a lot of leagues where i'm rebuilding and you're contending or vice versa and it's sure. like you can just see the other guy just dominating the piss out of everybody else. They have almost zero chance. They might have had like one slip up where they had like four or five players have absolute duds and and they barely lose to a, a team that got hot. But for the most part, consistency week in and week out has been on point. And the teams that I want to win and I built contenders for and that I did the asset multiplication, whether that was through a rebuild the year before or in the startup doing that kind of thing where you tear down and keep going back and, and getting multiple pieces and then pushing your, your your draft picks in at the right time, those teams are performing up to snuff. Like, like There's not a one where I'm like, I'm disappointed. And even you kicked off the show talking about your Trey Lance team and your George Kittle team just being, oh, man, and where are you still? Top scoring team in the league. Right. Still doing it. Right. And you're still going to make moves and, and multiply it. So just keep that in mind, Dynasty Degenerates. We appreciate you tapping in. That's going to do it for this episode. We hope that we helped you out. Feel comfortable. Feel comfortable rebuilding. Take an honest look at your team. I hope that you can use some of these tips, especially in these best ball leagues, because most people aren't thinking about this. Most people are going. With the herd, most people are not planning ahead till next June, July, August. And if you're on a rebuilder, you really don't give a shit till then. So you'll be just fine. You are the perfect person to go out and acquire Trey Lance when everybody else says, sell him for any first. Perfect. I will be the buyer. <laughs> I will be the buyer. And you can have all my late 23, 24 first. And I will plan ahead accordingly. Adam, I love it. I love this episode. This was fun to do. I always love rebuilding. You and I both love rebuilding. I, I like winning money more, but in order to set myself up for the future to win that money, sometimes you got to take it in the teeth for a year or two first. Well, well you know, literally to, to, to summarize and finish this, right? The rebuild is something that at this point, like rebuilding – in March and in May when the draft is coming around is so cool. Like, oh, look at that dude. He's got these youth pieces. He's rebuilding. Yeah. He's it's rebuilding. Not cool look at it's this. Not team. Cool now. Oh my God. <laughs> Week two, September comes around. Oh, he's rebuilding. He's rebuilt. That team is terrible, right? Like the yeah. tone, the wording stays the same, but the tone changes drastically, right? Well, no, you got them people in your leagues too. Just like, look at you. You scored eighty points. <laughs> the right. league average is two hundred. You're I, I, trash. <laughs> I've seen in all the discords the guy that says, "Oh, that's scared. He's scared. He doesn't want to win." He, <laughs> let, let me let me address that and finish this right because Mike, you brought it up, and the funny part is like. Everybody thinks about the rebuild as like you're you're donating. Now, 
if you do it wrong and you're a donation, like, yeah, you got a problem. Yeah. But, but the thing about the rebuild that's funny that people don't actually take into consideration is that the rebuild is essentially you saying my odds of winning this year is not good enough. So what I want to do is eventually win. I don't care what you're doing, rebuilding or trying to contend. Your goal is to win. The difference is when are you trying to win, right? And you're being more realistic in saying, I would like to win now. Of course. Who the fuck doesn't want to win now and win the money? Who? Yeah. If you're listening to this and you say, I don't want to win the money ever, you are a true dynasty degenerate and you are a damn fool because you're going to keep donating because eventually, yes, the goal is to win. But if the timeline's not right now, make the timeline somewhat in the future where you can actually win. I think that's something that's so understated about the rebuild is like, oh, he's a donate. He, he's a donation. Like, yeah, I'm not going to win this year. I have no problem admitting that. But the reason I'm rebuilding is not so that I can donate for the rest of time. The reason I'm rebuilding is so that when I am ready to contend, I'm in the position to win maybe one, two, three years. And I've already made back way more money than I've lost by rebuilding. As opposed to if you did that, if you said, I'm scared of rebuilding, I'm going to contend for six years and your team's ass, this middle of the road, six year team, you know what you've done? You're the donation. You've donated six years of dues and you have no fucking direction. And with that being said, when your league mates are playing chess, play fucking 40 chess. Oh, that one hit different. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We'll be back same time, same place, same channel next week. We love you. Peace. Peace. Peace.